This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, January 5th, 2024. I got to get used to that, my friends. 2024, I am Dave Biddle. I will be joined by Jonah Booker in just a moment. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5. A lot to get into. Buckeyes have their quarterback for 2024. Transfer Will Howard. We're going to talk all about that. There's a lot of stuff Jay Buck and I are going to get into. Do you want to let you guys know about one of our great sponsors and a great deal you guys can get? Factor meals get started on your resolutions with factor so you're ready for the new year factors ready to eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year skip the grocery stores prep work and cooking fatigue instead get chef crafted dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door with over 35 meals to choose from per week including options like keto calorie smart vegan and veggie and more plus over 55 weekly add-ons You'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolutions. Forget frantic lunch preps and rush dinners. Factors, two-minute meals are your secret weapon in the new year. Fuel up fast with restaurant-quality meals, all delivered right to your door. Factor now offers loads of snack options like breakfasts, smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to get me going no matter what's on the schedule. All of their products that I've tried are very good and high quality, and I definitely re- recommend it to you guys. And they have a great deal for you. Head to factormeals.com slash bucknuts50 and use code bucknuts50 to get 50% off. That's code bucknuts50 at factormeals.com slash bucknuts50 to get 50% off. All right, let's bring in my man Jonah Booker. All right, Will Howard, are you jazzed about this? Like how... Not that he's like Justin Fields or anything, but where where are you at with this with the Buckeyes getting Will Howard? I like it. I like it, Dave. I mean, he's a big boy, 6'5", 240. He's played a lot of football, uh, thrown for over 5,000 yards, almost 6,000 yards, you know, knocking on the door, 50 touchdowns in his career. And that big – and the one thing, Dave, a Big 12 championship with Kansas State. Now, you look at, you know, his interceptions, definitely got to make sure that you – Rain those in because he is prone to throwing some interceptions. But if he's able to do that with the talent at Kansas State, that is basically two stars, three stars, give him the weapons at Ohio, at Ohio State to see what he can do. And I think that he's going to um, I think he's going to do well, Dave. I'm excited here because I said it right after the after the Cotton Bowl. I think everybody going into that game was hoping Devin Brown answered a lot of questions. Everybody was hoping that Devin Brown went into that game and absolutely tore up Missouri and 
everybody can take a, a deep breath and say, that's our guy. Unfortunately for him, he got hurt. And that's just been that's been kind of the story throughout his career, Dave. Uh, the injuries have have played a major role in his development. You we still don't even know what we got out of Devin Brown. But with Ryan Day essentially on the hot seat going into next year, I don't think that you can risk not going to go get a transfer quarterback who's going to at minimum at least push that room. And sounds like he's gonna have a Mecca Egbuka to throw the ball to. We know he's going to have Jeremiah Smith to throw the ball to. He's going to have Carnell Tate, Brandon Ennis, mm-hmm. Jaden Ballard's coming back. I mean, this, you know, I mean, he's not, he hasn't seen a supporting cast like this. Hold on, hold, hold on, hold on, Dave. Megatron's coming this week. So there you go. Jeremiah Smith. That's what, yeah, Jeremiah Smith. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I said, I said Jeremiah Did Smith. You? Didn't I? I miss it. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, he 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 got his uh, Jeremiah Smith, and and think about the young tight end though. He's an absolute stud too, um, Jelani Thurman. You know, these are these are a lot of weapons. But I will say this: as excited as I am about getting Will Howard, giving him the plethora of weapons that um, he's going to have at his disposal, it all starts up front, Dave. It all starts up front. I was going to say is, that. Yeah, this is the calling card for Justin Fry. Like, we don't even know Justin Fry is going to be here, but regardless of who the position coach is going to be, you can have Justin Fields, C.J. Stroud back there at quarterback. It doesn't matter. If you have an offensive line that's going to play the way they played against Missouri, it it doesn't matter who your quarterback is. You're not going to get through uh, a much harder Big Ten roadmap with that offensive line. So just depending on how they – if they're able to get some additions in the in the portal, that's when I'm really going to be excited. If I start seeing two, maybe three uh, offensive linemen jumping on board, that's when I'm really going to start to get excited, Dave. Definitely. I have in my notes here, like, needs in the portal, number one offensive line, and I put in, in parentheses, you need two. <laughs> like, that's need <laughs> one and two. We need two offensive yeah. linemen. You know, even if, even if one guy is just good depth, not Vic Cutler, nothing against Vic personally, nice young man, but not not just a body, but a guy that can actually play or flat out two starters. They need at least to land one stud. That can, by stud, I mean like Jonah Jackson type. I keep saying that. Like, even though I want them right. to get a right tackle, Jonah was obviously a guard, um, but a guy that can be like a third round pick in the NFL draft and can have a solid year um, starting at right tackle for the Buckeyes or maybe two solid years, depending on who it is. Um, I'm completely with you on that. When you look at um, – other needs in the portal now that they got Will, uh, Will Howard. Um, I'm just calling him Will Smith. Um, now that they got Will Howard, um, they got the tight end from your Ohio Bobcats. I like that kid. This kid can block. He's a big guy, 6'6", 257. I like that. I like the tight end they got. What's the next biggest need? Is it running back? Even if Trey comes back like we think he will? Still offensive line, Dave. That no, I mean, other I mean, than that. I mean, I'm sorry. Other than, than offensive line. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely running back. I think you I think you need to get at least one more guy, regardless of what you decide. That running back room is extremely thin. Um, I've seen, you know, a lot of chatter on social media that Will Howard all of a sudden started following Junkins, uh, the Ole Miss running back who's in the transfer portal. Supposedly there's some, you know, mutual interest there. We'll see how that plays out. I have my skepticism that Ohio State's going to be able to, one, pull him out of the South, and two, he's going to be asking for a major payday 
you're talking about a guy who's who's the only running back in SEC history that has rushed for 15 plus touchdowns besides Herschel Walker each of his first two seasons. So when you're talking about a running back that's on her on breaking, you know, right up there with Herschel Walker breaking those type of records in the SEC, he's going to command a major major payday. I mean, and I would be curious to know why he's willing to leave Ole Miss. I've seen some smoke out there about kind of his attitude. Um, there's been a lot of, you know, things starting to leak out. I, I would be curious what the reason why is, because if you look at that Ole Miss team, they're absolutely loaded next year. They're probably going to uh, start the season in the top 10. They got their quarterback back. They made a big splash in the transfer portal. That team is poised to have a major breakout and he's decided to leave a team that's going to be pushing for a playoff spot already. So I'll be curious to see what his motivation is and what was the reason. Um, but, yes, running back definitely has to be on the forefront. You have if, – if you can't get this kid out of Ole Miss, you know, where do you turn to? Because I'm not sure there's a ton of great talent that's currently there in the running back portal right now. You may get some late guys um, or some guys in that next window – but you have to find some form of depth there because as much as we love Trey, Trey has shown um, some injury history there. Dallin Hayden definitely uh, has a bright future. He has the potential to be a star. But after Dallin Hayden, you're talking about, uh, you know, a true freshman that's coming in. So your depth is extremely, extremely thin. Lathan Ransom's coming back. I got that from a good source. I put that on Buck Nuts. I think we all expected that, but I put that on Buck yeah. Nuts right before we uh, went live. So, if th those that don't know, now you know. Lathan Ransom's coming back for a fifth year. That's awesome. That's sure. awesome. I really thought once he got hurt, because I was told, yeah, he's probably not coming back. He's going to just, you know, he probably couldn't come back unless they got in the college football playoff anyway. He's probably just going to get ready for the draft, is what I was told by a source. But that was right when after he got hurt. So, I love that he's coming back for a fifth year. Uh, and I think there's going to be – we'll see what happens with the other guys. But focusing on Lathan for – I'm like hearing Denzel Burks coming back. So all, all your Arizona guys, sounds like they're coming back. Jordan yeah. Hancock. Now, Denzel's not for sure yet, but I'm hearing it's pretty certain. Same thing with Hancock. I, had, I would bet heavily on it, but it's not certain. But I was told by a great source, Lathan's definitely coming back. I love that. And think about what did we – was it last week, Dave, or, or two Fridays ago we talked about – uh, we did a rundown on who are who were all the guys that were coming back so far, Dave. I mean, we from what we're hearing, the the list that we have put out because we said Mike Hall is most likely headed to the draft. He has other things outside of football um, that have kind of you know made the importance on the forefront for him. He just had a kid, so he wants to make sure that he's taking care of his family financially. So Mike Hall going to the NFL that was expected. And the rest of the guys, you know, we're, we're thinking like, hey, they're probably going to come back. Now, the way that that Missouri game went, it kind of left a little sour taste. Like, uh, it's skeptical. Will, will these guys who are planning to come back, will they go through with it? Uh, but you have to give a lot of credit to um, Jack Sawyer. I, I love the way he's starting to develop into one of the leaders. Uh, we've had it on, on the button us that Jack Sawyer was one of the guys that's been – really trying to rally the troops here. Some of those guys that are looking to try to come back and make that another run, you know, Jack Sawyer, you know, is in everybody's ear pushing them, you know, to say, hey, let's run it back, man. We have unfinished business. That's not the way we want to go out, especially that 2021 class. So I love the leadership that you're getting from, you know, a guy like Jack Sawyer. He's, you know, 
stepped up big in that Missouri game. If he can parlay that into next season, he's poised to have a monster year. Getting Ty Leak back, who has the potential to be an All-American, critical, um, critical. But when you look at that defense, Dave, under, what, year three under Jim Knowles, it has the potential to be really nasty. So I'm excited about the defense. And who would have thought, Dave, under the Ryan Day era, that the offense would be the major question marks? Because, you know, ever since he was hired under Urban Meyer, it felt like the offense was the one that was carrying this program. It was always the defense that had issues. Um, that was that was the problem that was holding them back. Now, here we find ourselves in a, in a in a weird situation within the program that there's so many question marks because we're seeing it here with the people in the chat, what's going on with the coaches, and, you know, maybe we can touch on that, but I think Ryan Day has to absolutely go out and get an offensive coordinator. What do you think? I would love to see that. I just – do we think that's actually going to happen, though? And may, I think it'd be best for him, but he also – loves being the play caller and has proven to be very, very, very good at it. I mean, just even though the Michigan game didn't end well, he was calling some really good plays in that game. McCord was just, just didn't play well. Um, but um, I would like to see him do that. Jay book. He could be the CEO still obviously would be heavily involved in all things, offense quarterback he, that, but I love having somebody in the press box, the offensive coordinator, Tom Herman explained it the best. He said, there's just something about that sterile environment you don't get caught up in the – and he always used the example of the two-point play from Kenny Guyton uh, in the Purdue game. And, like, we're going to run this. If we get in a, if we need a two-point conversion or we need, like, a you know, a touchdown late, this is our play that we're going to use. They scored, and they were, like – they were all fired up on the sideline. They are like, let's just run Carlos Hyde, run Carlos Hyde, run Carlos Hyde. And Herman said, if I was down there on the field – and maybe they still would have scored. He's like, if I was down there on the field, I probably would have got caught up in that too. I was up there in the box, and I said, no, no, no. We said we're going to run this throwback pass with, with Kenny Guyton. We're running it. Anyway, that's one example. But you just see the, the game so much better. You don't get caught up in all the emotion. I would love to see an offensive coordinator get brought in. Will he do it, though? What do you think? He has to, Dave. This is his last hurrah. Um, and we've there's been a lot of smoke that some major shot callers within the athletic program talking about boosters and the board, they are pushing to try to get an offensive coordinator. Here's the bottom line. He can't do it all day. You can't be the head coach. You can't be the offensive coordinator. You can't be the de facto quarterback coach because that is essentially what he's doing. He's trying to wear three hats. He's it's wearing them down. It's just not working. Uh, so I think, you know, trying to go get a veteran guy who's going to be able to alleviate some of that pressure from him is critical. And you, you look at the offense, Dave, I also think Ryan Day gets in, gets in his own head sometimes. You, you mentioned the sterile environment. There are times within the game and you're looking, it's like, what in the world was that? Why would you call that? Um, so I just think he needs a check in the balance up there in that press box who's going to be able to say, hey, 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 you know, no, we don't want to run that. Uh, maybe maybe we don't need to be running this and helping him out. But it has to be a veteran coach with a lot of experience. Some of the names that's been thrown out there uh, is Cliff Kingsbury. His name's been thrown out there several times. Dan Mullen's name's been thrown out there 
John uh, Gruden. So, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, uh, Dan Ballin. So uh, someone with experience calling plays who's also a quarterback coach. So we're going to see, but I, there's going to be some shakeup on offense, Dave. There is no way you can run it back and say we're good here, especially with Ryan Day, you know, feeling the pressure because there's a lot of smoke out there that he knows this is his last year, Dave. <clears throat> so I don't think that he is in the position to just run it back. I look at this as a, as a sense of urgency type of situation for his career. His back is against the wall. What are you going to do? When your back is against the wall and you're fighting for your life, I want to see a football coach who's going to you know, fight his way off that wall and, and do the things that he needs to do to push this program to the next level. And I think with the pressure and the heat that's on him right now, it's going to force him to make some changes on that side of the football. Just to be clear, I was joking about John Gruden. That's just an old joke. Anytime there's a coaching opening, like everybody going, even going back to when Trestle was hired, it was like, is it going to be Gruden? Like, and it was like every opening, could it be Gruden? Even when Indiana had a job opening, there was like, could it be Gruden even this year? So that's just a joke, my friends, the John Gruden joke. Um, <laughs> Mello's like, hell no to John Gruden. Don't worry, guys. It's a joke. <laughs> it's a joke. Um, yeah, man, I'm hearing like, um, and at first it surprised me. Now the more I think about it, I guess it doesn't. But uh, Corey Dennis, we all figure like Parker Fleming's probably on the way out. Um, I'm hearing Corey Dennis. They probably won't renew his contract, which is the same thing as getting fired. Um, what do you make of that? If that happens, do you think you know, it's good? And that might lead to them bringing in the offensive coordinator that we're talking about. But I'm hearing Corey Dennis might not be back as quarterback. Yeah, um, I, I think you, you definitely have to make that move because you didn't see the – the development from the quarterback position that you wanted to see this year. You can't have Ryan Day essentially being the quarterback's coach uh, because of the lack of experience from Corey Dennis. So if you can bring in a veteran and it's going to be critical for this, this program. So I do think that uh, Corey Dennis is a guy that probably try to find other employment. Let me ask you this, Dave, and I haven't asked you this. What do you think? What's your opinion on Justin Fry? What do you think? You know, from a recruiting standpoint, yeah, we, I mean, we, I, you've asked me, but I've yet to ask you, like, from a recruiting standpoint, from your, from a development, the way his offensive line is played, what's your take on Justin Fry? I'm surprised I've never said this on the Friday show with you because I, I just, for, you know, I talk so much Ohio State football, I forget, like, what I say when. I've talked about this a lot. <laughs> I, uh, I'm surprised I haven't said this to you. You know, I mean, I thought he did a good job with the offensive line his first year. But, like, man, I mean, it'd be hard not to do a good job when you have Paris Johnson, one of the best offensive tackles to ever come through here. I'm not saying he's the best. Orlando Pace is the best. But Paris Johnson, one of the best to come through here. Might be an all-pro as a rookie. If he's not, he'll be on the all-rookie team. He's going to – he'll be play in the NFL for 15 years. Dewan Jones, I still know how he fell to the fourth round. He should have been taken on the second day. Was a starter as a rookie until he got hurt um Luke Whipler you know so um, he had talent but like I, I I just and I know this year's offensive line was lacking in talent overall and experience but still I mean that was porous offensive line play and I'm not seeing it in recruiting either I'm not seeing it in recruiting I mean who'd they get they got a kid from Indiana who's the highest rated kid okay getting a kid from Indiana is almost like getting a kid from Ohio especially when Justin Fry himself is from Indiana other three kids they got all from Ohio okay so or no, I guess the other kid, they had a kid from Ohio. The other kid they got was from Michigan. 
I like the Armstrong twins. I do. And I think they're a little underrated. I like them a lot. But um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I just, I'm, I'm in a, you know, show me. I mean, show me some more. I, I, I need to see more out of Justin Fry as a coach and recruiter for sure. Right. And I will tell you, the part that scares me about Justin Fry, Dave, is when you're at a place like at Ohio State, you have to be able to do one or the other. You either have to be uh, an ace recruiter where you can bring in a significant amount of talent. And if you're not really good at developing, uh, you know, guys that are on the, you know, three star type of level that we've been going after, at least you can have top end talent that can really accelerate their growth, meaning that they can mask some of your development uh, issues as a coach. We're not getting that high-end talent on the offensive line. Where's the development at? So you look at the guys that they're bringing in, I think they have the potential to be really good, but do we trust Justin Fry that he's going to squeeze every ounce of juice out of that offensive line and get the most out of them to where guys that may not have been highly recruited, that you have those guys playing at a high clip. And I hate to bring it up, but we, you're, you're seeing it at Michigan Day. Sharon Moore's getting – he's squeezing every ounce of juice out of that offensive line, regardless of if they were a three-star, a four-star, a five-star. He has that offensive line playing cohesive, and they are playing the best football that those kids have ever played in their life. When you're at a place like Ohio State, when you're a place like Georgia, Alabama, you expect that your offensive line is going to be a dominant. And it's been far too long, um, you know, even going back to the latter years of stud, Dave, that this offensive line just haven't been bullies. They really haven't been junkyard dogs in the trenches that we've all been accustomed to. Because you look at the national championship runs, the history of this program, the backbone and the foundation of Ohio State football it's been on being nasty up front, being able to establish the line of scrimmage, being able to run the football when, whenever you please, and just being just a bunch of nasty dudes up front. We haven't seen that in a long time, and they have to find a way to get back to it. No doubt about it, man. We're going to get Jay Book's thoughts on expectations for the 2024 season to end the show. But real quick, I want to let you guys know about our other great sponsor. Fantastic deal you can get. Omaha Steaks. Love these guys. Start the new year off with a bang of big savings during the Omaha Steaks end of season event from perfectly aged tender steaks to juicy burgers, decadent desserts, and classic comfort meals. Every bite is guaranteed to be perfect. I'm a big fan of their bacon wrap filet mignon, the ribeyes. Okay, like I've told you guys, I, I love all their steaks. I, Porterhouse, just, I love all their steaks. I love their pork chops. It's fantastic. They have great side dishes. Fantastic stuff. Burgers. For a limited time, get 50% off site-wide. Plus, you'll save an extra $30 off your order when you use the promo code BUCKNUTS at checkout. Every purchase is backed by their unconditional money-back guarantee. Head over to omahasteaks.com and score 50% off site-wide today. Use promo code BUCKNUTS. Get an extra $30 off your order. It's great stuff. Highly recommend it, and it's a great deal. 50% off. And then $38 off when you use code BuckNuts. All right. What are your expectations? Let's assume the guys that we think are going to come back are going to come back. Let's assume they they do a good job in the portal with the offensive linemen. Come on. Um, what are your expectations for this team? The, the schedule is tough. 
but 12 teams make the playoff now. Just what are your expectations for the 2024 team, Jay Book? Yeah, I see. I have a different opinion. I don't think the schedule is that, is that tough. They got that road trip out to Oregon. That's going to be a tough one. No marquee um, out-of-conference games. You got Michigan at home, and you got Penn State. It's pretty much a three-game season uh, in my eyes. Um, until James Franklin can win a game, you could probably a big game. You could probably say it's a two-game season. Defense, top five in the nation. You're returning everybody. Um, if the offense can help them out, this defense will definitely uh, be top five. So no questions on that side of the football. I think they're absolutely loaded, and they are poised to be absolutely dominant on that side of the football under year three under Jim Knowles. Now, we're going to play the what-if game or the hypothetical. Let's say that they fix the offensive line, Dave. And they and they like you said they got some portal guys. I think the key at that point is running back. Do we have another running back? If so, I expect this team to be in the twelve team playoffs. Uh, no doubt about it. The a talent alone at Ohio State is going to get you ten wins. And we talked about it, Dave. At a place like Ohio State, they have won ten plus games. What every year besides two in the last 22, 21 years. So the floor at a place like Ohio State is 10 wins. 10 wins gets you into the playoffs, especially if you're a Big Ten, 12 team, uh, Big Ten team in the 12 team playoffs. Now, the question is, will it be a top four where you get a bye, or will you be playing a December game in a shoot? That's where I'm on the fence at right now. So my expectations right now is 12 team playoffs, 10 at least 11, 10 wins. Tends the floor for me, Dave. And then at that point, beat Michigan. If you beat Michigan, you're a top four seed. Bottom line. And here's the thing. that The tricky part. If Ryan Day wins 10 games and lose to Michigan, does he have a job, Dave? Four losses in a row? If he goes 10-2, and two, loses to Michigan, makes, makes the, the playoff, and what, loses in the first round? Yeah. If he makes – so they fit, would finish. They wouldn't win the Big Ten, obviously. They'd lose to Michigan at home, and then they'd lose in the first round of the playoff and finish 10-3. and three. I, It'd probably be done. Probably. I'd have to see the result of the Michigan game. To, you know, was it a situation where, you know, Michigan got lucky and Ohio State was banged up? I don't know, man. You lose the four straight times, and they're going to be losing oh. a lot of players. Michigan is. Ohio State has – I mean, they're banking on we got all these guys coming back. So I do think there's okay. a lot about the culture over there. There's been a lot of questions about the culture. I think right. that says a lot about the culture that Coach Day has instilled over there. Yeah, All man. Right. If I, I, my expectations are higher than that. I'm with you, though. If they finish 10-3, and three, lose to Michigan, don't win the Big Ten, lose in the first round of the playoffs, yeah, I think he's probably done. But I, I, I don't think that's going to happen, though. Here's, here's a curveball for you to piggyback off that question I just gave you, Dave. All right. Hypothetical, they lost to Michigan at home. However, they see Michigan again the next week in the Big Ten Championship, and Day wins that one. He's good. Then he would beat Michigan and win the Big Ten all in one fell swoop. <laughs> see, that's how, the NFL. That's, how, that's how fun, yeah. It's weird, but it's like the NFL. We see it all the time. Like, I mean, the Bengals and the Ravens last year played twice in the regular season like they always do. They played the last week of the regular season – 
And then they played the first week of the playoffs. So they played three times. So it is yeah. going to be weird, but like we're all NFL fans. At least I think most of us are. Um, so I think after a while, it won't be that weird. And we're probably yeah. not going to see a ton of rematches. I tell you what, my friend, I won't be surprised if we see an Ohio State Oregon rematch in the Big Ten championship game next year. Oregon yeah, that Michigan, Oregon's going to be good. And that Michigan schedule is brutal. You look at their first six weeks, and their first six weeks, they have Texas. Washington, um, and what? Penn State? They have, no, USC. They have Texas, Washington, and USC in their first six weeks. They have Oregon and Ohio State in November. So that schedule is absolutely brutal. So you have two playoff teams, uh, a USC team that, you know, they're going to be able to put up some points with Lincoln Riley. You got Oregon as well, who's going to be loaded, and you end the season at Ohio State on top of losing 44 seniors. Um, so that right there is going to be a hard road for Michigan. But right now, I think we're at the point that the way Michigan is coached, man, they're, you just have to give them credit where credit's due. They're just a well-coached football team, bottom line. Um, they're turning three stars and having those guys playing out of their mind right now. But I, I look at that schedule, and I just think, you know, these are type of things that we have to talk about because it's critical for Ryan Day to get that monkey off his back when it comes to Michigan next year. Uh, but, yeah, I, I look at it. It's a three-game schedule next year with the for Ohio State with Oregon, Penn State, and Michigan. If Ryan Day can, you know, he has the opportunity to, you know, keep himself in the, in the coaching seat at Ohio State as long as he do, do what he needs to do and win those big games. Okay, last thing. I said that was going to be the last thing. We got – I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't say it's going to be a happy Devin Sanchez day tomorrow, right? I was hoping Mrs. Sanchez would be in, in the chat like she often is. But, <laughs> um, you know, we got three crystal ball picks in. All of them pick Ohio State for the number one corner in the country in the 2025 class we'll announce tomorrow during the All-American Bowl right around 2.30 on NBC. Bill Curlick and Steve Wiltfong are two of those three that have picked Devin Sanchez to go to the Buckeyes. And the fact that his mom drops by our podcast a lot. Add it all up. I think tomorrow's going to be a happy Devin Sanchez day, my friend. Happy Devin Sanchez day tomorrow. Feeling good about that one. Starting it off. Hey, Tim Walton, he's on the heater day. He's, hey, you start your, your, your uh, cycle off with a five-star out of Texas. He's cooking. He's cooking with grease. Love what Tim Walton is doing right now. Love it. Great way to end the show. Great stuff from Jay Book, as always. Thank you. Jonah Booker, thanks to all of you for tuning into the show. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 